a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. <laughs> So, uh, if you guys would put mega the mega crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> keep uh, preaching the word, pastors, keep it mediocre, mediocre and hilarious. A podcast equal to your most grueling house chores, this is Table Talk Radio. Table right. Talk Radio is martyrdom. <laughs> oh. It is? That's a little preview of what's coming oh. up next, by the way. Oh, now I can barely wait. Before I was like, oh, yeah. oh another show. But now, but now, no, now you piqued my huh? curiosity. Now I want to at least know I bet I have. Oh, yes. I bet I have. Yeah. So we're going to do a little. Uh, you think people are onto us that when we name the names of our games, it's just name that, fill in the blank? So what's our lineup for today, Pastor Wolfman? Our name, we're going to play Finish That Sentence. And then we're going to play Finish the Sentence with Hymns. <laughs> Otherwise known also as... Also known as Name That Hymn. Uh, don't what forget is that called? the stanzas. Don't, oh, yeah. Don't forget the stanzas. Remember, your... we, need to be, we need to be hip and, and up with pop culture. You know, nothing screams uh, that we're up <laughs> with pop culture like don't forget the stanzas to your hymns. <laughs> I'm excited. You know, I just got off the heels of... Um, the first edition of the new chapter, the Worldwide Bible Study, you, that's pretty hip to call it a new chapter. Mm. We're studying the life of Jacob with Luther. And so we just had two little verses on I, Isaac being 40 years old when he married Rebecca. And Luther has this long section about chastity and fighting against the flesh. And it's just great. People, if they missed it, I, I don't think anybody missed it. Everybody was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but everyone. if someone did miss it, they could probably they could probably watch it on the YouTubes. I think it's posted now. Yep, posted. So, uh, so we're gonna. I'm gonna read some. Well, that'll give me something to that. do during this show. <laughs> That's right. Huh? What was that? Huh? It's not. You would especially like this because it's really like Luther teaching Bible class. You know. I mean, I'm just there to read Luther. It's like an audiobook. I mean, I suppose I do skip around slightly, although not much today. It was just so good. What is are you any, gonna skip? What is are you gonna be on to you that you're not actually doing any work on this then? Hey, so the uh, so we're going to do that also now. I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to extend okay. my lack of preparation to Table Talk Radio. Oh, what a surprise! Also, to plug the fact that everyone should be part of this worldwide Bible class is great. You we had like 120 people there today, which is pretty cool. Can you imagine all people all over the world? And here's one of my frustrations, which is what got us on this motivational video rabbit trail earlier which we haven't gotten and that is that it's people do not have access to luther it's a 
You know how they talk about like there's um, grocery deserts in urban places or whatever. You know what there is? There's a Luther desert everywhere. All by the way, and I've been talking to people who they've been Lutheran for their whole lives, and the only bit of Luther they ever read was the small catechism. What? You know what someone that is just a. You know what someone should do is uh, create a, a a publishing house where they just print public domain things and sell it for a profit. You know, I thought of that idea, but here's why it's a bad idea. <laughs> yes. I, I so and they should also make them available free for download. Wolfmuller.co. Oh. oh, okay. Hit the books tab and you can download all the stuff and everyone's Luther for free. But I so I I gave someone a copy of the large catechism. A, a very astute person who's very interested in theology and they're a, they're like a lawyer with an engineering degree or something. And he said, Pastor, you know, I just can't get Luther. I, and I, and it's, it's not a matter of intelligence. There's a gap between Luther and us that you probably don't experience when you read Luther, nor do I. But people, I think, need help to get into it, which is what I'm experimenting with with the Worldwide Bible Study. So I can, hmm. for example, uh, let me just start. What, can we start the game already or what? Uh Sure. Or do we do, you know, we want to do, do some buzzwords, buzzwords real quick? To, all, right, all right, let's just do a couple buzzwords. You got one? Yeah. Uh, Saint. No. Is that yours? That's a good one. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, so a but saint. I, uh, uh, we see, yeah. This is very nice. This, that uh, Paul, in writing his letter letters to the churches, will refer to the saints of that place. And a saint is someone who is holy. Saint is holy one. We sing the Sanctus, mm -hmm. remember in church? Holy, holy, holy. Uh, so a saint is someone who is holy, and why are they holy? For no other reason but their faith in Christ, who makes them holy. So we understand um, the one who is a saint to be not some uh, special person who's performed a miracle or something like that, but someone who believes in Jesus, someone who mm -hmm. has faith, someone who's uh, part of the, the, the true church. Uh, that's a mm -hmm. saint. And I believe we're going to be remembering that uh, coming up. Yeah, right. We're recording Saints here this day. day. Well, technically, we've already passed All Saints Day, but we're going to observe it on Sunday. Who's counting? Yeah. I've got a different buzzword generator for you. This is called The Outlines of Doctrinal Theology by A.L. Grabner, available for free download at wolfmio.co. Okay. Do I get to pick a page uh, you number? you got a uh, page. You go between one, maybe start with 10. I don't know if there's some. And 10 and 270. 280. 13. What? You said I can start with 10. Uh, oh, nice. Perpiscuity. Ah, good one. The perpiscuity of the Bible is that clearness of holy writ. Man, we should say holy writ more. Is that clearness of holy writ, which renders all the doctrines and precepts laid down in the inspired word freely accessible to every reader or hearer of average human intelligence. What are you saying? and sufficient knowledge of the languages employed, and of a mind not in a manner preoccupied by error, as to preclude the apprehension of the truths themselves, however clearly set forth in the words of human speech. Uh, chief verse for this, Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Also, verse 130 of the same song, Entrance of thy word giveth light, and giveth understanding to the simple. Second Peter one nineteen. We have a more sure word of prophecy. All these man, how many verses are there? Ten, 
15 verses. That's beautiful. Perpiscuity. That's funny you said that because I was just listening to my buddy, Pastor Ogrodowitz, down from your neck of the woods. Uh, he was talking on the KFUO uh, the other day, and he was, <laughs> he used holy writ in a sentence. And that just made me smile because I knew he'd been reading something recently because I don't think he would say that otherwise. Holy writ. Holy I, I love writ. It. I love it. All right, let's get to the game. Guess the thing Pastor Wolfinger wants to read. All right, so I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm going to, so here's the verse from Genesis 25, uh, verse um, 19, no, 20. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebecca as wife. And Luther has pages, maybe four or five pages, on how Isaac would have fought against his sinful flesh and against the lust of the flesh for 40 years. So, for example, and the way this game is going to work, let's try this is I'll read a section, and then you got to figure out what comes next. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll see what I can do. So here's a, here's a little comment from Luther. Isaac was not brought up in this heathen manner, which is the heathen manner is to think that a good wife comes from our planning and from our will and not from God's guidance. Hmm. In fact, right before this, a good wife does not come by chance, and without God's guidance, she is a gift and not the result of our own plan or will, as the heathen think. Isaac was not brought up in this heathen manner. He undoubtedly did not escape the vexation and the flame of his flesh during the 40 years he lived before his marriage. For the flesh contends against the spirit, no less in the household than in the government or in the blank. Hmm. So let me read it to you again. You can get this. You have everything you need to fill in the blank here. Uh, but you got to think like Luther. For the flesh contends against the spirit, no less in the household than also in the government or also in the blank. Uh, the church. Ah, you got it. Boom, 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 boom. Now, why would you say that? Uh, well, Luther likes to talk about things in the shape of the three estates. Uh, so it's interesting that the the life in the estate of the home would have its uh, difficulties. Life in the government would have its difficulties, so it would only make sense that life in the church would have its difficulties. Right, that's right. Now, so that's what's really interesting about this, this study that we're doing, is that if you just read that, house and government and church, you're like, oh, Okay, but but to mm. understand that Luther is working with his background of the three estates, that's something that was really, everyone's like, oh, look at there, there it is, three estates, I think we're getting there. Okay, now, he's talking about continue, Isaac's continued chastity. He's got a lot, actually, Luther gives all this advice about how to deal with the sinful flesh. I'll give you some of those things in a little bit. Yep, we're actually going to be coming up but, right on our break here, 30 seconds here, Pastor Wolf Miller. Okay, so we'll just wait. Just wait? Okay. Well, we'll hear more from Luther after this. Uh, very interested to hear what comes next because um, I think often, well, I mean, the exact opposite of what you're reading from Luther is the notion of our day that we have to follow whatever impulses our flesh delivers to us. So if I feel it, it must be true. It must be good. It must be right. So I'll, I'll let my flesh dictate my actions. That's the difference. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
busting the myth that practice makes perfect. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So I've kicked up the Wolf Mueller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time, and to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> anyway, if you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolf Mueller. Wolf Mueller 1 is the channel name. See you there. All right, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're hearing from Luther talking about uh, Genesis, what did you say? 25. 25. 19. All right. Young people should avoid promiscuity. Here's Luther's advice for dealing with lust. He says, and this is fill in the blank here, he was taught by his father that one must contend against these flames first by reading Holy Scripture and praying. And then, by working, being temperate, and fasting. These should be the exercises of adolescence, at least for a year or two, in order that those who are no longer able to be content may learn nevertheless what the endurance of lust means. For this, too, is endurance and blank. Godliness. Close. Martyrdom. Ah. I should have got that because you were talking about it the whole time. Just as some assume several kinds of martyrdom, among which they count a rich, generous, and chaste young man, indeed, this man is surely a martyr because he is crucified every day by the passions of his flesh. Hmm. Young people should avoid promiscuity. I'm posting this up right now, by the way, as Luther's advice on dealing with... With lust. I mean, can, I mean, I, I want to point out. I mean, because as I mentioned before the break, this is exact, exactly opposite the way our we're, we're we're told to think by the world we live in, right? I mean, the the world where we live in says, look, if you have this inclination, how how dare it be right that you should deny it? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. so so the idea that one would have to kind of struggle through um, this. Is completely foreign, and 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 outsiders will point to the Christian and say, "Look how terrible Christians are." They're telling someone that they have to they have to not give way to their impulses, um, to to take up the struggle, and that's exactly a Christian teaching. <laughs> that we're going to take up the struggle mm-hmm, of our mm-hmm. flesh, and that's good and right, and we should. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just to see the polar opposites is, is uh, helpful, mm-hmm. I think. And, and mm-hmm. I think it's, sometimes we, as uh, as Christians or those in the church, give way too much to the, the thinking of the world. So that you—it's hard to find Christians speaking this way, which is why there's value in reading Luther or some of the, the old theologians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about in this long endurance, and Luther continues—here's one more— but, someone will say, such delaying is very annoying and unbearable, fighting against the flesh and waiting to get married. Luther continues, right indeed. That's why I stated above that it is on par with other exercises in patience by the saints, like the suffering and annoyance of fasting, imprisonment, cold, sickness, 
and tortures. In the same way, lust is a serious sickness and a burden. But one must resist it and fight against it. Uh, oh, I, I, I finished the sentence. Uh, I I'm going to say fight against it. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Uh, so in the church, you have to contend with heretics. He talks about in the government, you have to contend with thieves. In the church, you have to contend with heretics. But you have the word. You have blank. Your studies, exercises, and labors. Prayer. Close. Holy Scripture. Ugh. From these, your faith will grow and be strengthened. The prayer comes up next. Look, thus lust too, when it's been overcome by prayer, will serve to increase faith in prayer. This is just great. I wonder how to. Anyway, this is this is if uh, if the listener there, this worldwide Bible study with Jacob with Luther. This might be a lot of fun. So you might join us. Li it's fun live. We do it right before we record table talk. Ten o'clock, Texas time, Austin time, on Wednesday mornings. Worldwide Bible class. Does Texas span more than one time zone? It probably does, huh? Earth. It does, in fact. Uh, El Paso is in mountain time. Ah, there you go. So, Austin time. Yep. All right. Good. Is that it? Or do you have another one? That's it. Okay. Nope. Well, uh, you want some more? I mean, I could, there's, I could read this whole thing, but uh, well, why don't we go to the next game, which is called Don't Forget the How to Finish the Stanzas to Your Hymns. <laughs> which is everyone's favorite game, of course. Yeah, um, we haven't done it in a long time. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got some hymns for you. All these hymns are ones that may be chosen for a certain Sunday in the church here known as All Saints Day. Um, you know, this is something, too. There are certain hymns that are married to Sundays. So if you go to church on All Saints Day, you'd expect to sing for all the saints. If you go to church on Reformation Sunday, you'd expect to sing A Mighty Fortress. And and uh, Easter, you know, same thing. There's certain hymns that are married uh, to the Sundays. And... Um, this is no different than uh, uh, as we have here in For All Saints Day, but there's a few hymns that I think could be selected for this day. Um, actually, I was just really just doing my own uh, Sunday morning preparation and thought I'd throw these in here. So that's that's all I'm building up to. But are you ready for the first one? I mean, are you ready? To... I am. I'm ready. All right. Yep. Um, I should probably open to it in the uh, in the hymnal so I know whether you get it right or wrong here. But uh, here, here it is. I'm not going to give you that word. <laughs> I could have got that one. You're going to the second stanza? I, uh, You're going, this is like deep tracks. That's right. One true light, hallelujah, hallelujah. Could you sing it a higher octave, though, Pastor Wolfman? <laughs> oh, well done, well done. All right. 
Well, uh, so so this this hymn, uh, well known for All Saints Day, of course, for for all the saints. Uh, and there's a lot of great lines in this in this hymn. Um, I know one that that I quote a lot. I'm sure you do also, Pastor Wolfmuller. Is this uh, stanza five? When the fight is fierce, the warfare long steals on the ear the distant triumph song, and hearts oh, are brave again, and arms are strong. Alleluia, Alleluia. What's that talking about? Yes, this is. It, you know, it's almost like um, uh, you can imagine there's a battle. And the battle is sort of spread out. The battlefield is so broad that you're fighting on this side of the hill, and the, your brothers in arms are fighting on the other side of the and you can't see them. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, you start to hear the the victory song, the the shouts and the cheers of those on the other side of the hill that they've won and they've triumphed over the enemy. You're still fighting, but they've won. And you hear that they've won, and now you're able to start fighting even stronger. Uh, it sort of reinvigorates you for the fight. And so it is that the saints that have gone before us and finished the race, it's like the, the, this beautiful poetic picture of their triumph kind of echoing back, like Hebrews 12 style, where there's a great cloud of witnesses. They've gone before us, and we hear of their victory, and we rejoice in it, and even though we're still in the fight. We're still part of what the the uh, the catechism calls the church militant, you know, the church embattled, the church in struggle, the church still fighting against the world, the flesh, and the devil. We're still down in, in, in the trenches, and yet the victory's been won by Jesus, and we hear just an echo of that song, and so hearts are brave again and arms are strong. Whew. Yeah, it's good. Another one, it's another great stanza of this hymn is number four. It says, O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, yet all are one in thee, for all are thine. Alleluia, alleluia. So once again, we uh, maybe look at both sides of that hill, so to speak, as you brought up. You know, There's the there's a church militant, those who um, continue in this fight here. And the struggle of death and the struggle against sin, as you were talking about in the first segment. Um, and yet we all come together at this uh, Lord's table um, to receive this blessed communion. Um, and yet it's it's not that the saints who have gone before us are continuing in this fight. They're not the church militant. They're the church triumphant. They're shining in the glory of the Lord. And yet we're all one church, <laughs> although we're, we're, we may be divided between here and there, but we are one church because we all belong to God. It's a wonderful stanza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. All right, you want one? Uh, I have a minute here. Yeah, go ahead. A mighty fortress is our God. Oh, wait, this is going to be too easy. Let me do... Uh, though hordes of... No, this is... Why is it different? Uh, though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us... We tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none, he's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. Boom. You got it. Crushed it. Ah, this is a great, great, great hymn. So this is uh, our uh, Reformation hymn that's oftentimes sung for... Uh, Reformation Sunday, written by Martin Luther, in fact. Did you know that? Hey! <laughs> he would say to Philip Melanchthon, he'd say, let's go sing Psalm 46, and they would go and 
sing a mighty fortress. It's yeah, cool. One of the things that's great about this is it it it's a a hymn about the fight against the devil, and yet it puts the Christian as a very passive uh, participant in that fight. <laughs> in other words, we're not the one right. fighting; we're the ones hiding behind the one who fights. And that's a better place to be. We'll be right back. Yeah. I, we got to talk about that more. Okay. Be great. How many Table Talk radio listeners does it take to change a light bulb? You'll probably have to settle for one. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. If my recollection serves over that long break, I nailed it right before the end there. It was like a buzzer beater on Don't Forget the Stanzas. To your it was hands. Amazing. I couldn't. I thought I had you. <laughs> I know you got to do better I, than that, the, sir. <laughs> uh, don't worry. It's just getting setting you up. The here's a thing that's interesting to me. There, I, I remember before seminary, at seminary, after seminary. There's this big. What is that little? What is what is the one little word that can fell them? Mm. As if there was a secret word mm. that if you spoke, then the devil. There's no secret one little word like. I mean, people say Jesus or is. Or that was a big thing. What's the one little word? It's the, this is my body. And they say, ah, oh, that's And so you were cool if you said, oh, that's the one little word. But the point is, this is not the, the it's not one certain word. The, the, the point is, any word of God will do the trick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's the, the contrast is not a as... multiplicity of words or armies or whatever. Right. You don't, the devil's grasp on us his bondage is broken by by the simple peaceful word of god one little word and he's done it doesn't it, you don't have to gather up armies to go and fight against him the, the 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 lord's word prevails against the devil that's the that's the joy of it so ah wonderful how about this too i i've been thinking about how psalm 46 re- relates to the um to the hymn a mighty fortress and you know this question, who's talking to who and what's the picture? So uh, let me give you a couple of things for Psalm 46 to think about. Mm-hmm. The picture is a city that's being surrounded by armies and chaos, and mountains are collapsing and everything. But we're in the middle of this walled city, and we're all right because the Lord is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So the Lord is protecting us. There's a stream in the city. The Lord has dug a well in the city so that even though we're besieged, we're provided for with food and water, so we're safe. But then the Lord who's in the middle of the city, he decides to take things into his own hands, and he leaves the city. The picture that I always see in my mind is like when Gandalf rode out of the White City in the Lord of the Rings movie. He just, like, by himself rides out to face the oncoming hordes. So the Lord goes out from the city to face all these armies, and he is wrecking havoc on all these armies. He's breaking the bow He's, he's cutting the spear in two. He's setting the chariots on fire. And as, and, and we're called, come behold the works of the Lord. So someone's on the wall watching this and says, you guys should get up here and watch this. So we run up to the city wall 
and we're watching the Lord on the battlefield triumphing single-handedly over all these enemies, and then he turns back to us and he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. So that, so that while the Lord Jesus is fighting and triumphing over all our enemies, he says, you just stay there and rest. I don't need your help. I got this. And he keeps on triumphing. It's just so, so beautiful. And that's the Psalm 46. And so whenever Luther uh, brings that picture into the hymn, it's the Lord is, he holds the field forever. He's the one, he fights for us. He's the valiant one mm. who, who triumphs over the devil in our place. How beautiful is that? Yeah, that's great. All right, you ready for another one? Oh, yeah. Born With salvation's walls surrounded, we will leave repose. <laughs> I have triumph o'er our foes. You may smile at all your foes. Oh wow! Smiling at them—that's a little sassy. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> what are you gonna do to me, sir? Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, you're a foe. You got a foe? No problem. I'm smiling at my foes. It's kind of cool. Uh, Savior, sense of Zion City. I threw, I threw grace a member in. Let the world deride or pity. I will glory in your name. Fading are the world's vain pleasures. All their boasted pomp and show. Solid joys and lasting treasures, none but Zion's children know. Wow. That's great. I don't know that hymn that well. Obviously. I, I've, I've noticed. <laughs> what are you talking about? How'd you know? Uh, that, so, um, Glorious things of thee are spoken. That's the name of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so interesting, I, I was, uh, you know, in my, my show prep, which was hours yesterday you know i was extensive exactly i was uh paging through the the good old tlh and they got this nice um communion of saints section which is where this hymn stands number 469 in the tlh uh in in the lsb this is nerdy stuff for those who care uh switches over to the church section uh number 648 Mm. but a good hymn nonetheless yeah nice Okay, what do you got for another Reformation? Uh, how about this one? I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. How, there's a lot. Once you get past a mighty fortress, I don't think the Reformation hymns are so... Well, let's see. We did uh, Salvation Unto Us Has Come on Sunday. We, we did... did uh, I'm going to do this one. Okay. Uh, how about this? Lord of Our Life. You know this one? Lord of our life and God of our salvation. Okay. Star of our night and hope of every nation. Hear and receive your church's supplication. Lord God Almighty. This is going to be tricky because it, the last phrase doesn't rhyme. <laughs> See round your ark the hungry billows curling. 
See how your foes, their banners are unfurling. And with great spite, their fiery darts are hurling. O Lord. Oh, man. Uh, You know this? uh, Oh, Lord. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't even have a guess. What is it? Preserve us. How about this? Lord, be our light when worldly darkness veils us. Lord, be our shield when earthly armor fails us. And in the day when hell itself assails us, grant us your peace, Lord. Okay, I'll, I'll stop this one in the middle at a rhyme. Ready? Okay. Peace in our hearts where sinful thoughts are raging. Peace in your church are troubled. Um... This is hard. Souls assuaging. <laughs> oh, man. Peace when the world, its endless war is raging. <laughs> Peace in your heaven. That's a beautiful one. That's a tricky one to remember, though. That is a tricky one. I think I would have got it mm-hmm. if, if we had a choir singing it, though. I think I think yeah, it's thrown right. off by I'll, your... I'll sing it next time. <laughs> uh, it's a good hymn. I, uh, I obviously don't know it well either. But um, what, what, what's, like a line, what's a line out of there you want to talk about? How about this? The, we talked about the three estates earlier. Mm-hmm. So here's the, here's the So peace in our hearts, sinful thoughts are raging. Peace in your church, our troubled souls are switch. In fact, oh, that, they changed it. It used to be peace in your church where brothers are engaging. Hmm. It's talking about the fights in the church. And it says peace in the world, it's endless wars waging. So peace in the heart, peace in the church. Peace in the state. So there's two of the three estates that are there, too. So that's kind of cool. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, I got another one, uh, if you're ready. Sure. Okay. Here you go. Okay, I can read it if you. It's kind of hard to understand. Yeah, yeah. Help me with the words. Okay, so uh, raise the glad strain, Alleluia! Cry out, dominions, princedoms, powers, virtues, archangels. Virtues, archangels, angel powers. Doesn't it say something like that? It's choirs, angels, choirs. Angels choirs. <laughs> alleluia, alleluia. This is a controversial this is a controversial hymn. Oh, I didn't know about what's the because, controversy around this hymn? Well, two controversies. Because number one, it's it's a, a hymn that's addressing the saints in heaven. Oh. So the question is, does it count as a prayer hmm. to heaven? And then because of the way that it speaks of Mary, the next stanza talks about um uh, ye higher than the holy cherubim and seraphim. It doesn't say that it's Mary, but it's a it's a st- stanza to Mary, and that's uh some old Lutheran said no, you shouldn't. So we should sing about the saints and not and not to the saints there. So, so this, this is, is that hymn is a 
This is one I want to go back and look at the, the old version because I don't necessarily see that, but maybe I'm just missing it. How, how's it go? How, is it the second stanza? It? Oh, higher yeah. than the cherubim. So that's a reference to Mary right there? Well, that's that. That's right. That's More right. glorious so, than so all read the, the So read the whole thing. So Lead the praises, alleluia, thou bearer of the eternal word, most glorious magnify the Lord. Most Oh, I see. That's what it is. Most yeah. glorious magnified Lord. Interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. That's that is a hymn of quite some controversy. Well, we're gonna submit that. So even if Do- I did know it, I have to pretend like I don't. <laughs> I have no I would never sing such a hymn. I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more segment of Table Talk Radio after this. Don't ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can f- sign up for that at whatdoesthismean.org. Click the devotions button. Don't worry, that guitar riff wasn't. To marry or anything. It was just... <laughs> nice. All right. So uh, I, I think you have another round for me to try to guess uh, a Reformation. Yeah, you don't believe it. You don't believe that we'll be the one hymn on the whole round. But I've got the hymn that you mentioned earlier, This Great Paul Sp- How do you say... How do you think it... How do you think this goes? Paul Sparatus? Sparatus. Paul Sp- Sparatus? What is it? What... what? Sparatus, Sparatus, or Sparatus. A Paul, I know how to say. Anyhow, <laughs> the first Lutheran hymnal was published with eight hymns. You know this detail here: the eight hymns in the first Lutheran hymnal, and four of them were by Martin Luther, and two of them were by Paul Sparatus. What was the other one? Sparatus. Two others by someone else. I don't remember. Good question. <laughs> and the uh, thanks for asking. The the uh, so Luther had I think a mighty fortress was in there, and then Luther's big ten stanza monster ode to salvation, dear Christians, one and all rejoice. And this one, salvation unto us has come. Another ten stanza ballad of salvation by Paul Sparatus. And so this is great. Now, this is a, one of these hymns where you can't s- just sing it and stop in the middle because mm. you end up sitting there in despair because but, it it's a law gospel hymn. But we did that on so, Sunday. They, I left them at the end of stanza five to listen to the sermon, <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then we sang the rest. So they were, they were, they were like, despairing well, stand- during the sermon, and then they got to listen to the rest. It says, none can remove sin, poison, dart, or purify our guyful heart. Oh, oh, and then i got to stop singing there. Yep. That's right. <laughs> all right, so let's do a few stanzas, see how you do. Okay. I, by the way, so the, the dear Christians, one and all rejoice, and salvation out of us come, have the same meter, and so you can use the same tune, and I always get them mixed up. Mm. But dear Christians, one and all rejoice, says, dear Christians, one and all rejoice. This one is, Salvation unto us is come by God's free grace and favor. Good works cannot avert our doom. They help and save us never. Faith looks to Jesus Christ alone, who did for all the world atone. He is our... Redeemer. He is our... One Redeemer. Close. He is our One Redeemer. 
That's nice. That's so that sets it up. Yeah. By the way, that's close it's enough. Set, it's, and it sets up the contrast between our own attempt to save ourselves and the Lord's work in saving us. Quite nice. But that continues. Stanza two. So I was just Unless looking. You have something to say about stanza one. I was just going to look up see what other hymns are in our hymnal from him, and that's the only one. So apparently, hmm. whatever other hymn from him was in the first Lutheran hymnal did not make it to the Lutheran service book. We're going to cut that one out. the The eight original hymns can't make it to our current hymnal. Well, that um... had, had to make room for some other ones, I guess, like on eagles' wings or whatever. <laughs> You know what we we have this great uh, hymn by Eustace Faulkner in the old TLH, and we got that guy Eustace Faulkner for some reason on our church stained glass windows, and uh, we went to sing his hymn, and we couldn't find it. We had to go, go and make copies of the old TLH. <laughs> I'm looking here, first Lutheran hymnal in the Wikipedia, and the songs are uh, dear Chris, um, hmm. Es it das Heil uns kommen her, and in glob in Gott glaub ich das der hat. This is maybe the most riveting radio we've ever done. The problem is, the big problem is, oh yeah, salvation has now come for all. That's this one. This other one is not in there. I, I don't even know what it is. In God. How do you translate that? It's a problem. Here's the second stanza. You ready? Mm-hmm. What God did in his law demand, and none to him could render, caused wrath and woe on every hand for man, the vile offender. Our flesh has not those pure desires the spirit of the law requires, and lost is our condition. Hey, that's right. Yeah. You're right. Condition. So this is the fall into sin. It talks about how our flesh doesn't want what the law requires. That's concupiscence. And what God revealed in his law, none could give him. And this caused wrath and woe because we are sinners. Not because the law's wrong, because we are wrong. Third stanza. It was a false misleading dream that God his law had given that sinners could themselves redeem. And by their works gain heaven. Now, this is an important one to parse out, because what it's saying there is that the idea that we can achieve heaven by our own works is a false and misleading dream that's cooked up by bad theologians. Mm. But it is... What is is the law, then? Oh, I'm sorry. But it is a dream. You know, I mean, this is the... uh, Oh, what's that old Latin phrase? The... uh, I know what you're talking about. The one I can never remember. The... Lex, the, what is that? The, no. Opinio legis. Yeah, it's the one. So, so this is the idea. I mean, man has as its, as its default assumption that it can save himself. But it's, as the song, as the hymn reminds us, a false and misleading dream. Continue. Right. The law, what is the purpose of the law? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> the law is but a mirror bright to bring the inbred sin to light that lurks within our nature. Right. That's right. Bam. You got it. 
So the this is the mirror of the law, which is right there in the, the words of the text. It's great. The law shows us our sin. Now, fourth stanza. From sin, our flesh could not abstain. Sin held its sway unceasing. Tyrant, whoever commits sin is saved to sin. The task was useless and in vain, trying to escape it. Our guilt was air increasing. None can remove sin's poisoned dart or purify our guyful heart. So deep is our transgression. Close. Uh, what would can, that rhyme with? Uh, None can remove sin, poison, dart, or purify our guyful heart. So deep is our corruption. Ah. Corruption. That makes that makes more Minus sense. Minus two hundred points. Correct. Oh, all so of a sudden, sin, you're so original score. sin is uh, <laughs> is a corruption of our nature. This is a very important little distinction that our nature is not sin, but sin is a thorough corruption of our nature in every aspect of it. Our will and our mind, and th those two things feed on each other. In fact, I was reading something from uh, Doctor Budashevsky. Did you about did you have coffee doctor, with that guy yet? No, that's coming up on Friday. Okay. And he was talking about original sin, these three points of original sin. Uh, and it said, um, uh, we, our, our will is corrupted, our mind is corrupted, and point two makes point one worse. <laughs> <laughs> so that we use our corrupted mind to defend our corrupted will. Mm -hmm. That's a really nice point, actually. Mm -hmm. We have broken wills, broken minds, and our broken mind is militarized towards supporting the brokenness of our will and defending it. It's amazing. Okay, but we got to get to the good part here. Stanza five. Yet, as the law must be fulfilled or we must die despairing, Christ came and has God's anger stilled. Our human nature sharing. He has for us the law obeyed, and thus the Father's vengeance stayed, which over us. Hmm. Which over us. You want to sing it? And thus the Father's vengeance stayed, which over us. Bum, 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 bum. Uh. I don't know. In, in... Impended. Oh, man. I was maybe going to say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking now how the last line doesn't rhyme with the other one. That's kind of tough. So so now this is the stanza five is the switch to the, look, you can't save yourself. It's worse. You try, it's worse. It makes it worse. Bam. But the law has to be fulfilled or we're done. So, Jesus. Since Christ, stanza six has full atonement made and brought to us salvation. Each Christian, therefore, may be glad and build on this foundation. Your grace, dear, Lo dear Lord, alone I plead. Your death is now my life indeed, for you have paid my ransom. Ransom. Ooh-wee. It's, it's, it, it turns into a prayer. Did you see how yeah. how the hymn, right in the middle of that stanza, it's it's like, I can't do anything. Lord, you've done you've done it. All of a sudden now I'm talking to the to Jesus who's done these things. So that his work has opened up the way for us to have a have a conversation with God, have life with God and all these things. It's just great. Yeah. And so I think the the next stanza Okay, probably time for is, one more if you want to do a Whoa. Oh, oh. Let's do uh 
uh, let's do the stanza nine. Faith clings to Jesus' cross alone and rests in him unceasing, and by its fruits too faith is known, with love and hope increasing. For faith alone can justify, works serve our neighbor, and supply the proof that faith is... Living? Living. Ah. That's fantastic. Ten points. I think you got to... 14 points. Hey, all right. Which well, is more than me. That's a that's a fantastic hymn. Look it up if you don't know it, and uh, learn it well, better than I. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> that's fantastic. Happy All Saints Day. God be praised for that. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. You're better before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.